Welcome to part two of this out of line discussion with Anjali Pinto. So let's go back to the beginning of your your sort of social media adventure and journey. Um, I know you met Jacob on Instagram. So obviously social media has been a huge part of your life in many phases. Um, But when did you first dive into social media and what was a bit of that history like? (laughs) Um. I had I had a live journal in high school. Does yeah. that count? Oh yeah, <laughs> heck yeah, it counts. Yeah, I took pictures of everything I did and explored and experienced, and um, yeah, it was my chronicle of the world. Um, live journal led into MySpace, and then I wasn't that active on Facebook. Um, I had a photo blog while I was in college. And then when Instagram came out, it was at the same time I was accepted to food camp. So I got to meet all these people who were like suggested users from the beginning and were like really excited about the platform and very just like a bunch of Instagram evangelists, essentially like you have to, it's going to be so great. Um, so yeah, I've, I've been on it since near the beginning and for me, scrolling back through my feed, I feel like every milestone or major emotion or great trip that I've been on has been documented since 2012 um, or 2011 when I signed up. And I have a lot of sentimental feelings about it. And I just think it's a wonderful thing that in my life that's connected me with great people and, um, also made me realize like just how much can happen in the year. Yeah. Yeah. So you met, you met Jacob on Instagram, but like, were you both living in Chicago and you just randomly started liking each other's photos kind of thing? Um, Paul Octavius, uh, posted a photo of me on my birthday and Jacob started following me and, he would always leave like the perfect one-liners as caption or as comments. And I was just like, who is this cute boy who like has a lot of time on his hands to comment on my Instagram. And then I realized he lived like a mile away from me based on some of his locations. And I was like, we should meet up for a beer. And then once we met, it was like, click, everything just fell into, into place. And yeah. Magic of the internet. We had no mutual friends. We would have never met otherwise. Was he friends with Paul or he just followed Paul? He just followed Paul. Because everyone in Chicago and the world follows Paul. Seriously. I know. I know. Um, I remember I remember meeting Paul for the first time like five years ago. Um, and he's an, he's amazing. If you, don't, if you don't know Paul Octavius, you guys, he's a great photographer in Chicago and just a, a rad dude as well. So. He is. Yeah, I love that. That's that your 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 love came from Paul Octavius and Instagram. So, do you still have all those posts up with all the comments from from Jacob from when you? I do. You met? It's yeah. Some 
one of my Indian followers like went all the way back in my feed and like commented on the first photo that Jacob commented on, like, this is the first one I could find. <laughs> and it was like a shitty picture of an alley after a rainstorm. And Jacob was like, how about them clouds or something, you know, just it's, it's weird. Yeah. That it's all there. Um, but even more importantly, like losing someone in a digital age, I was able to export all of our texts from before we met to the day he died as a PDF. And I can just like have it on my Dropbox. And anytime I feel like going back and rereading what our life, like what our life together was like, it's all there. It's wild. Yeah, that is wild. 12,000 pages long. No. Yep. Oh my gosh. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. Like you, we just, I mean, before the digital age that I, that there were like, Oh, we wrote these, we, we wrote each other these 12 letters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, but I have like every time I send them to the grocery store. <laughs> <gasps> oh yeah. I know a bit about that. What yeah. about, what about, um, what's, what's it like to look back at, at like tense? Did you guys ever have tense texts or, or like, you know, <laughs> text fights or anything like that? Do you read those and what, what's it like to look at that kind of stuff now? If you had it, if you don't. Yeah. We barely fought about anything like truly meaningful. Um, you know, it's our fights in person. We're always just like being aggravated with each other for not doing exactly what the other person expected you to do. Um, which is just like a part of life with, with a spouse. I think, um, it was always out of love, but yeah, there was one time where Jacob was buying weed from his friend and he always felt like he needed to hang out with his friend he could never just pick up the weed and go about his day. He had to be like, well, Brett should come join us like to do such and such. And I was like, no, we have plans. We have dinner. Like Brett doesn't need to come. You can just get the weed and go about your day. And he was like, okay, fine. Anjali. Like, as long as it's all about you, you know, like you set all the plans. Like I don't ever get a say in who we hang out with. <laughs> I was just like, is this really happening? So what's it like to read those now? Like, look back in, at that now. I just look at it fondly. It's like, I think people assume that you need to, like, exalt a person who's dead for being perfect and infallible. And for me, like, I miss the conflict and the struggle for power and the arguments just as much as I miss his love and affection because it was all a part of who we were to each other, you know? And then after a long, stressful day, like your partner will take on some of that energy and be there for you. Even when you have a short temper or are aggravated. Um, and when I hear couples like arguing about meaningless shit, I'm like, Oh, I missed that. <laughs> So when it comes to social media and, and your life going through the year of, of grief that you went through very publicly, did you find, do you, did you get 
work through that? Is that a weird question to say, like, did you get clients coming to you because you were honest about that? Like, I know you're a photographer, so how has, how have you mixed social media and work with your vulnerable process and the way that you've, you've shared your life online? I have gotten work and it, um, it also gave me the option to, um, use my audience as leverage to get more of the work that I wanted or was interested in. Cause now it's like, I'm not just a talented photographer. I also like have this built in, like very engaged audience. And it's not like I'm selling anything or advertising anything at all on my feed. It's just my life, but people are interested in what I'm experiencing. Um, but I've, I've gotten more writing jobs that I would have never tried for, you know, I didn't really view myself as a writer before this experience. So that's been really eye opening and encouraging. Wow. Yeah. I guess I I hadn't even considered that. Um, what is your, what's your sort of dream work? Like what kind of clients do you want to try to get and what work do you love? I love documentary work and any kind of storytelling aspect. I think more and more, um, companies and brands will be looking for authentic stories, um, or like encouraging a nonprofit aspect of their business to show that they're interested in more than making sales. And that's kind of where I see myself fitting in the commercial world because I've never really cared about selling products or making products look good. Um, I just care about people, but, um, I also would be happy to get back into restaurant work cause I love, I, I feel like restaurant people are my people uh, there's just like a certain aspect about life in the industry that I will always be attracted to. And I think I have a lot in common with chefs. They're a lot like photographers. Um, and it's like fun and colorful work and it builds a good community around me in Chicago. Do you post, uh, sponsored posts in your Instagram feed? I never have. No. Would you? I was like, I'll help people buy life insurance. I don't know. Like, what do I care about enough to endorse? And it is very limited. Like, I can't think of a single product that I would endorse. Occasionally in my stories, if a friend has made something for me or I'm wearing something that is, like, locally produced, I'll give them a shout-out. But it's not, like, paid advertising. Um, what do you think about life insurance I had life insurance with Jacob. Um, it was one of the things that I didn't think we needed, but I wanted to go to a financial advisor when we got married because I didn't want money to ever be something that we fought about or felt insecure about. I just kind of wanted like a third party to look at everything we were bringing in and see where we could be saving or spending. Um, and he encouraged us to get two life insurance policies. And I remember sitting in that office and being like, I don't know if like we should do this. It seems like a lot of money to be spending per month on no return immediately. Um, 
but neither Jacob nor I made a ton of money. It was kind of like we both relied on each other, um, for our lifestyle. So he was like, after 15 years of investing in this policy, you'd be able to borrow back on it and you could use it for a house or an education for a kid. Um, so that seemed like a, a worthwhile investment to me. Um, and when I got the payout, it is essentially like the freedom and the extreme privilege to be able to take time off and figure out what I want to do and what makes me happy and not feel like I have to bury myself in work in order to survive. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've often wondered about that. Um, and what that's like, because, uh, it does seem like something that not everyone has, and there isn't necessarily much education around it. Like there Mm -hmm. isn't, there isn't a cultural thing in America where it's like, and when you graduate from high school, it's a great time to, yeah, there's no, there's no education on that. And so, um, I actually even asked my brother about it yesterday. I was like, do you have life insurance? (laughs) Because it's just, it's like, we don't talk about it. I don't know. And whether, whether you're in a marriage or whether you're just a person, um, who's single, is it, what is, what's right? I don't know. I think it is a really interesting one. Um, so I'm so, I'm so grateful that you had it. it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Apparently I need it, but I'm so grateful that you had it because it, it is the, the space to not just be like, oh my gosh, I have to keep, I have to keep working to, to keep alive, um, while you're in the middle of something as traumatic as, as that. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that you had it. And, uh, if any, if any life insurance, if any life insurance agents are listening to this and want to contact you (laughs) to do a sponsored post, (laughs) that's all I care about. (laughs) I just want to help the masses be well prepared for an inevitable future. I mean, it is inevitable. It absolutely wah, is. Wah, I, wah. I mean, like, it is. It is. It's like it's. I mean, we're all we're all going there. We all are. I know. Um. So, how much of your life is on social media versus private? Not on social media. Um, for a year, I was pretty open about everything I was experiencing. Um, I started to feel like I don't want to be a broken record and maybe I don't need to tell everyone every time I feel sad or happy. It's kind of a lot. So now, um, I don't really have like a figured out formula for what I'm sharing and what I'm keeping to myself. Um, my hope is that having a social media following will allow me to meet more people that I have things in common with in real life. I've always been more interested in real connections than actually experiencing the world with other human beings and not just sitting on my phone. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what I'm looking forward to. I don't know. I don't think of it as percentages, but essentially like, anyone who asks who feels like a worthwhile person such as yourself, who's out there trying to make conversations happen that could better people's lives or enrich them at the very least. Um, 
I, I am open and willing to talk. Is there anything that you wish you hadn't shared online? Ooh. Um, no, I don't think so. I, I mean, I did have some negative experiences with people, specifically Indian news outlets, using my photos and stories to create clickbait. Um, so that was extremely upsetting and sort of sent me in a spiral of not trusting anyone who wanted to talk to me about Jacob's death, um, for a while, but I still stand by the internet as a good place (laughs) with a few bad people, just like the world. Mm. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Do you have, um, do you find that you have that perspective on most things in life where you, where you are, are kind of the, um, basically good, uh, perspective? Yes. I've always been an optimist. And even though the worst fucking thing imaginable happened to me, I still, as a way of coping and surviving, find silver linings, you know, like at least he didn't suffer. And at least he got to spend the day with me. And at least I know he died an extremely happy man. I wish he didn't die at 30, but there are still comforts in being an optimist. Mm. Mm. Uh, I'm really, I'm really um, inspired by you. And, and I think it's a very, um, a very courageous and, and powerful woman that can, that can endure something like what you've been through and, and be able to stay in a place of, positivity and optimism. Obviously it hasn't always felt like that. And obviously there are days and times where you don't feel like that and that's okay. Like we talked about in mm-hmm. the, in the main, in the main discussion, like tears are not to be avoided. Um, and yet, you know, to, to still come through and be able to see things as good, um, is really inspiring. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So I, um, I partner with, Cat Footwear for this podcast, and I want to hear about a time. Um, they're huge. They're huge advocates of risk taking, and mm-hmm. um, that's why I love them because they are taking a risk with me. And cool. so I want to hear. Um, do you, is there a story or a time where you took a huge risk creatively, um, either in your personal life or as a photographer? A time where um, you maybe thought about it for a while, like, should I do this? Shouldn't I do this? Um, and, and was it scary and what did you do to get through it? Um, several times over last year, I posted self portraits that were in part exposing parts of my body that I used to feel very self-conscious or, um, unsure about. Um, I always felt loved and cared for and seen by Jacob, but it's a different thing to put that out in the world. Um, and I remember very distinctly, there was a post that I wanted to make that was essentially like me naked leaning forward so that you could see my roles. And I am 
I, it was always something that I wanted to hide or wear clothes that, you know, covered up what my perceived flaws were. Um, and after Jacob's death, I, it was kind of like a light switch that was like, why am I putting so much effort in trying to change my body or disguise my body when the person I loved the most knew all of me and loved all of me. And I just want to love myself the same way that he did. Um, and I was like, my palms were sweating. I was like shortness of breath before I posted it. I was like, I don't know why this feels so scary, but I did it. And the response from especially young women was so overwhelmingly positive and wonderful and beautiful that I just was like, this is, this is what art is about. It's like, here's this terrifying experience that I had that has somehow emboldened me to love and accept myself more. And I can share that with someone who hasn't gone through the tragedy, but maybe can be inspired to look at themselves this way. Wow. I gotta go look those up. That's amazing. That's really, (laughs) that's really, 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 really inspiring. Um, and the fact that you went through even just physical anxiety before you did it, where you're, where you felt like your hands were and you did it anyway. Um, I love that. That's so good. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, what is, what does self care look like for you at this point in your life? And do you have a practice of, um, showing up for yourself? Um, I always like roll my eyes at the self care face mask bath posts. Cause I'm like, my self care is getting my ass to therapy, you know, like truly making an effort. It's not about my diet. It's not about my sheets. It's not about my bath bombs. It's about asking for help when I need it, you know, whether it's from friends or professional, um, and writing has been a huge act of self-care, self-care because it's validating my own emotions and not being ashamed of them, which is so hard to do. I like your style. Thanks. I, I like your I like your practical, efficient. <laughs> like, and ain't nobody got time for face masks. I need a therapist. <laughs> Well, yeah, I was talking to a friend the other day and she's like, I think like 2018 is going to be the year I finally like address my mental health and take action. I was like, oh, cool. Did you find a therapist? She's like, no, I'm going to start yoga. I was like, what? (laughs) You need to take care of yourself. Like truly. Oh my gosh. Did you, did you have a therapist, um, that you already worked with before Jacob died? No, I and I don't think I needed one in that time in my life. Um, I, I could really unload anything I was thinking or feeling on him and it never felt like a burden. It was, you know, I had like an advocate to come home to every day. Um, and maybe if I hadn't met him, things would be different of course, but yeah, I just started seeing a therapist after his death and have continued going, even though I feel much better. Um, and I think I will continue to maybe less frequently, but it's, it's important to sit across from someone who knows you and can remind you of your worth when you feel like shit. Preach, preach. (laughs) I'm I'm sorry. That's so much. Uh, no, 
Oh my gosh. No, literally. Uh, every single one I have, I just have every episode just has the E for explicit because usually even if my guest isn't swearing their face off, I drop at least a few F-bombs and you know, okay, I'm, it's fun. always, it's always me. Sometimes you, it's fine. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I love therapy. It's the best thing in the world. I'm a huge advocate. Everybody, if you're listening and you're not sure, I think that it's another one not to keep adding to our list, but it's that, uh, that's, it's that taboo list of just like, mm. no, no therapy. Isn't just for people who are like super fucked up. And like, guess what? Maybe we're all just super fucked up and maybe like, Having people support us through life is not such a bad idea. Also, newsflash, brains are really, really complicated. And (laughs) sometimes we don't understand what's going on. And sometimes having someone to just be like, oh, like this is actually chemically what's happening. And this is how your, you know, neurosystem is responding to what you're feeling. And so maybe be aware of that. Like there's, it's not... It's not like only for, only for total fuck ups. And if it yeah, is, then not at all. Then whatever. Then I just but have people I acknowledge that not everyone has the income or healthcare or access. It's not a universal option. Absolutely. Um, but talk space is a easy and affordable option if you don't have healthcare. Um, there's other online resources. I think just knowing that there's someone to talk to is important for people. Beautiful. But it's not me. Please don't slide into my DMs. Not your therapist. <laughs> Do you I have a lot of that? Professional. <laughs> Do you have a lot of that? A lot of, oh yeah. Yes. Yes. I believe it. I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. I believe it. And the last thing I would want to do is diminish those people who are trying to reach out for help. That's not my intention at all. I don't think it's funny. I just don't have the capacity to be there for people. I don't know. Yeah. Absolutely fine. I love it. Um, what do you have in common with everyone else that is, that is here on the planet? Ooh. Um, no matter how different they are to you, no matter what country they live in, no matter if they're a Republican or a Democrat, if they're older, if they're young, if they're religious or not, what's something that that you just see as a a human bond? I think that we are all surviving on some form of joy. And even people who are struggling to find it or for whatever reason don't have access to it, it's what we're seeking. I love that. We're all surviving on some form of joy. Yeah. Something (sighs) to look forward to or something to live for Hmm. or a smile or whatever. Thank you, lady. You've been listening to Out of Line with Caroline Lee. Tweet me at Team Woodnote or tag me in your posts on Instagram using Out of Line Podcast and let me know what you thought of today's discussion and who you'd like to hear as a guest on Out of Line next.
This episode of Out of Line was produced by me, Caroline. All sound editing, engineering, and original music composition by Jaden Lee. And a big thank you to Cat Footwear for working with Out of Line this season. Hit subscribe to get the next episode on your mobile device when it drops next week. And if you love what you heard, please whip out a review, will ya?